and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through his ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and Mike, what exactly are we talking about today? Today we want to speak to the hearts of our listeners and really address this idea of growing in Christ, but from a maybe a little different angle. Let's talk about the person that's struggling to grow in Christ. They they want to yield control to God, but they keep pulling control back and you know they know that Christ cements their identity they know that they are loved by God and chosen by God and they're just struggling with sin they're struggling with maybe honoring God but even honoring their commitments and and maybe they're struggling listeners maybe you're struggling with your marriage maybe you're struggling with your parenting maybe it's just struggling with your place in the body of Christ and maybe you're striving or churning internally and i think a lot of this has to do with this internal mind thing. I've been thinking about this this idea that if our minds aren't being renewed by the Word of God, they're being ruined by the world. Interesting. So we've talked about growing in Christ before on past podcasts, but today we're going a slightly different route, you're saying, is this is specifically talking to the Christian who is more downtrodden or kind of in that deep chasm rut that they can't seem to get out of. Is that kind of where you're going? Probably, but also this. I think it, it, it really reaches all of us. Like we're all dealing with the internal life of the mind. You know, Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? That's by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. And we're all dealing with an internal life. And sometimes we're more self-aware. Sometimes we're too self-aware. Sometimes we're not self-aware. And this whole idea of are we actually seeing traction in growth in our life and are we seeking the help we need? Are we giving people the help they need? And I think just this whole idea of how do you really grow and not stay immature? Because I think, you know, like think of a cabinet, a wooden cabinet, and you look at it and it looks beautiful. And then somehow something runs into it. Maybe you something bumps into it that's metal and it's shown to be a veneer, not the real thing all the way through. Mm. And this idea of You know, we don't want to be like just a veneer of godliness. We don't want to be the particle board Christians. We do not want to be MDF. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No, so yeah, right. So I think there's that whole thing where Paul said that we are, in Ephesians 4, we are to speak the truth in love, literally truthing in love. We're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And he makes it really clear that he has given uh, gifted men to the church, right? And there's evangelists and shepherds and teachers, but there's also apostles and prophets that still speak to us through the Word of God that have been recorded, the inerrant, inspired, and infallible Word of God. And then I think about Paul, how he just was in anguish at times. With the Galatians, he said in Galatians 4.19, my little children for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Yeah, you can really hear the heart of Paul in that little verse there, that mm-hmm. he he desperately cares about the people that he's been put in charge of by God. And, you know, we we see that with all the pastoral epistles, and then really we see that with our pastors, right? I, I know you and Andrew and Randy all care deeply, all of our elders care deeply about the flock, and when there are those people who seem to be stagnant in their growth, it's heartbreaking. It is, and the heart of a shepherd is one who lives amongst the body and knows they're a part of the flock. And, you know, we might even want to talk about shepherding a little bit right now in the sense of 
what does it mean uh, to to be a, a pastor shepherd leader and you really you really bleed for the flock but you know that you're one of the flock and you need Jesus as much as everyone and that's the whole thing I think sometimes we get so dialed into let's grow in Christ that we forget that we need to be loving Christ because he first loved us and that whole love relationship with Christ where we're pursuing God like the psalmist in Psalm 42 verse 1 as a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. That's you know, how does a deer look for the water brooks? It's 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 seeking, it's it's thirsting, and and that's how that's how God wants us to be with Him. So I think there's a lot of parts to this, right? There are a lot of parts to this whole idea of growing in Christ. But you know, Paul said difficult times will come. Mm. He said that to to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. Difficult times will come, and there are going to be people that love self, love money, are proud, are arrogant, and and all these things. And then he charges him. He's like, you preach the word. So our minds have to keep being renewed by the word of God. And you think, let's just talk about this. If you're growing in Christ, are you literally in the word daily seeking to know and love God more? Or are you just grabbing something quick, a little bite, a little snack, just to tide you over to Sunday? You know, is this a a living relationship with the Lord? And then you're going through troubles. So then you can start spinning out of control because you're not tethered, you're not anchored, you know, in Christ and in the Word. So then help me to understand the relationship of Christ to the believer and how we ought to live if, I mean, we're supposed to constantly be growing, but... Now, how do I know that I am growing at a good, steady pace as opposed to growing at a malnutritioned rate? That's a really good question, Winston. My first thought is, is there traction? What I mean by that is where the rubber meets the road in the Christian life, are you actually seeing some progress? It doesn't have to be where you're making huge progress, but that you're making some progress. Well, I guess that's my question. What does it mean to be making progress? progress. Mm-hmm. So Paul told Timothy, uh, take pains in these things. Remember when he said that in first, uh, Timothy, he's saying take pains in what, right? He says, practice these things, devote yourself to them. So your progress may be evident to all. What things is he talking about? Well, well, look what he says. He says this, he says, command and teach these things. He goes, what things? And then, in, and then up the passage, we're in first uh, Timothy four, Verse 6, if you put these things, well, it says in verse 1, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Everything created by God is good. Nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving, for it's made holy by the word of God in prayer. If you put these things before the Lord. Well, he is telling them about how the church should operate, how leaders should be humble and qualified. And he's saying, look, Timothy, you be an example. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Set an example in your speech. So how do you talk? You'll know if you're growing in Christ by the way you talk. Mm. Your conduct, how you act, right? 
Are you engaging in good deeds to meet pressing needs, as Titus 3.14 says? Are you love, in your love? So are you loving people in your faith? Do you believe God? Are you trusting God in purity? Do you live a clean life? And then he said this, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have. Practice these things. Devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. So you see it's applying the word, taking the word in, reading it, exhorting with it, teaching with it, but then living it. It's like what James said, be doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. It's interesting because that particular verse, we actually sing that verse in Awana because, you know, it's it's the don't let anybody look down on you because you're sure. young. Right. But I don't think I've ever seen the second half in quite that way of like, this is how you actually can know that you're growing in Christ. Mm-hmm. Is your speech that of a Christian? Right. Is your conduct that of a Christian? I, I don't think I've seen that. And so what I'd like to do actually is kind of dive into each one of those and set boundary markers for, not really boundary markers, more like milestones of, you know, how do I know that I'm pursuing speech well? How do I know I'm pursuing conduct well, love well? You know what I'm saying? Sure, I do. And here's the thing. I will just say this for our listeners. If you're the type that always needs a list of do's and don'ts, just relax. Don't take notes right now. But hey, that is it. all I <laughs> need right. is just... But just don't take notes. Man, the but Ten if, Commandments is so right. clear, Mike. But if you're the type that's like, whatever happens, happens, you need to take some notes right now. Get a get a piece of paper and a pencil or, or a pen or write this in your notes on your phone. Because I think it depends on how you're wired. If you're wired really kind of loosey-goosey and you're like, whatever, then you need to kind of tighten it up. But if you're like always like kind of legalistic with yourself... Just relax and rest in Jesus and abide in Christ. Well, and that's actually something that I I, I want to figure out a little bit better because mm-hmm. I'm worried that people will take this. I, I'm worried that I'll take this mm-hmm. as, man, okay, as long as I check mark these things yeah, and go through, I'm good. Right. That's why Paul didn't stipulate it to Timothy. He just said, take pains in these things. Do these things. And he he's expressed what they were, but they're kind of macro things. And you have to work it out on the micro. For example, when you get to Ephesians 4, verse 29, and it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Literally, that word corrupting is the word for garbage. It's the word for rottenness, okay? So the idea is, don't let any rotten word come out of your mouth. Now, someone's going to say, well, let's parse this out. What's well, a rotten word? What's well, a rotten word? And so what's going to happen is I'm going to say, well, that word isn't so bad because mm. I want to use it. So the idea is keep going in the passage. Don't let any rotten word come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. Now you're like, okay, what will build someone up? So we're talking about some specifics on our on our speech, right? Just like Paul said to Timothy, in your speech, be an example so that people will see your progress. Now here's the deal. What builds people up? Well, you'll know if you've built someone up, if they get built up. And then it says this, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. How do you know if your speech wasn't corrupting, wasn't garbage? You built someone up, it fit the occasion, and it actually gave grace to those who hear. They experienced the grace of God through the ministry that God did through you. Now, you can't harness that to say, use these words because we're going to use those words in the wrong way. What if we say those right words in the wrong attitude? But it's really trusting the Spirit of God to help us apply the Word of God and really just live to the glory of God, live to please Christ. Mm. Actually, you know what, Mike, that 
little bit solves all of what those lists of things are. We have conduct, and how do you know your conduct is good? Is it building people up? How do you know you're loving? Well, is it building people up with your love, or is it tearing people down, or causing stunted growth by never actually, you know, approaching them with things they might be doing wrong? Like, there are many ways to apply that in a good and biblical way. So, you know, we, I was going to go one by one through that whole list, but really, that that kind of covers it. We'd just be repeating the same thing over and over again, huh? I agree. I've got, I got one more thing I want to do. It's November, and I realize I believe October was clergy appreciation month or pastor, <laughs> love your pastor month oh, or something like that, okay? <laughs> and I don't know who makes up these, these fake holidays. Oh, and man. my thought is this, Christians, Clergy Appreciation Day, that's right? great. Clergy Appreciation Ooh. Month in October, I think is what it is. So listeners, I want to share with you something that I shared with our elders recently as I was just thinking about what does it mean to be a pastor and an elder and an overseer in a Christian church, in a biblically-based, Christ-centered, gospel-preaching, Bible-following church. And so I want to encourage you, Christian friends, to pray for your pastors and elders because they pray for you and they preach God's Word and they love you. But here's what I shared with our elders. I said, look, a pastor elder overseer's heart is to shepherd God's flock entrusted to their care. A pastor elder oversees uh, the flock, but in a way where they're an under shepherd under the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And so a pastor elder devotes himself to prayer and the ministry of the word. And those are the foundation stones of, of ministry. And we yearn for growth and godliness. We want to grow in our own godliness. We want the body to grow in godliness. We want the flock to know the fullness of God's peace and presence. We pour out our hearts for the good of Christ's church among whom we live. Uh, we know that we're weak and we're frail, we're one of the flock, so that we must depend on the chief shepherd for our strength. We share the load with fellow under shepherds. We, we bear our soul to God. We share our heart with others. This is the heart of a shepherd. This is the heart of an elder and a pastor. It's a heart that rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. It's a heart that rejoices when God is glorified and breaks when God is dishonored. It's a heart that rejoices in unity and weeps with disunity. That's what keeps elders and pastors awake at night is when the church is not unified. A pastor shepherd's heart overflows with praise when Christians treat one another lovingly. We praise God when that happens. Uh, our heart grieves and prays when Christians make selfish choices. Our heart confesses our own sins and is patient with others who might seem to be growing slowly. Uh, the shepherd knows it's God's work in God's people. And it's not about budget. It's not about buildings. It's not about worldly measures of success. It's, it's about helping people know Christ and make him known. It's not about helping people selfishly get what they want, but it's about helping people live unselfishly for the glory of God and the good of others. And so when you ask, what is an elder? What is a pastor? What is a shepherd? It's about someone who wants to grow in godliness and help others grow in godliness. It's about someone who is deepening in their dependence on the Lord and wants to help others do the same. It's about living lives of worship that put the gospel on display. And really, that's what the whole body is called to do. And God has given under shepherds, under the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, to help that come about. And it truly is God's work, and we know it very well. Uh, we trust the faithful shepherd who watches over his flock, gives them his word, even through his weak servants, and tends their souls and orchestrates events as God's plans unfold. 
And what it'll do, it'll culminate in that great day that we will all fall on our faces in worship before the throne of God and worship him forever. Amen. Well, thank you, Mike. This was really helpful. I know this is a, kind of a rarity for us. We, we came in under 20 minutes. That's not happened for a while. So. Praise the Lord. Hey, that's great. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to send in your questions, maybe on this topic, or maybe if you want to suggest future topics, be sure to send those to ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We love getting those emails, so keep them coming. And just as a reminder, Ordinary Church is a ministry of Grace Church of Orange, but it's really meant to go beyond the walls of Grace Church of Orange. So if you are a listener who wants to share this with somebody else, we highly recommend you doing that. Another good way to get that out is to leave us a review on iTunes. That's where most people listen to our podcast. So leave a review on there and that helps get the word out as well. And even if you don't, come on back next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.